It is Friday afternoon. It's time for the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. What's up, everybody? Tanner Hoops with you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Work week finally over. We're ready to weekend, but first... We got an hour-long sports pen episode and a lot to break down in a short amount of time. Everything from the debacle regarding Robert Kraft to some trades going down in the NHL, some teams on the rise, some teams on the downfall, Northern Michigan Athletics, and the Friday Funnies. All that in the next hour. Ryan Steak from the Mining Journal with me. Good to have you as always. Yep, yeah, happy to be here. It. Uh... Keep the tradition going. <laughs> Keep the tradition going, you bet. We're all about tradition here. Exactly. I mean, you're wearing your hockey jersey. Yes, because today is the 39th anniversary of Miracle on Ice, when a bunch of U.S. teenagers, a group of misfits in a way, beat the best organized team in the history of sports, the Russian Olympic team. In 1980, this day in Lake Placid. Also, George Washington's birthday, so he can't get much more American than that. Well, there's a trivia thing for you. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, it's a great movie. There's been a lot of documentaries about it. Um, the Soviet dynasty was pretty legendary. Um, mm-hmm. Gold medals, 64, 68, 72, 76. And the Americans put that to an end. And I think the Soviets won it in 84 again. And mm-hmm. then 80, and then, it, and then it started, uh, it's like the game started to evolve, and teams started to adopt the Soviet style. And, and communism the, decided to disevolve. And that helps, you know. And, disevolve, dissolve. Yeah, and there then I think they won it. Their last one was in 92, and then there was this long trend where Russia didn't win it until last year. And mm-hmm. the only reason they won it this last time was because all the NHLers didn't play. Technically, the Olympic athletes from Russia, Russia won yes. it. Technically, well, you can't say it was yeah, Russia yeah. who ended o- up winning yeah. it. OAR and not the band. OAR, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing about it is the U.S. snapped Russia's streak of four straight gold medals, and... What was it last year? The Olympics that the U.S. women snapped Canada's streak of yeah. four straight gold medals. And wasn't it done the same day? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a year ago today. So February twenty-two is a good day to be an American. Yeah, good day to be American and good day to be a hockey fan too. So you've got ten seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes. But yeah, Al Michaels, one of the most iconic calls ever really fun to go back and be able to be a part of something like that. Just a really special day for American pro hockey. Well, the interesting thing with announcing is, uh, you know, I feel like more and more are adopting the L. Michael style because, I mean, it was such an iconic moment, and he just let people take it in. Like, he did his cry, and then for, like, a few seconds, he just let the cheering happen, Mm -hmm. and then he started talking again. And you see more and more big moments, like walk-off homers or, like, late touchdowns and miracle plays that... The announcers may say something exciting, but then they just let everybody experience it, right. and then they start talking about it again, and that's what Michaels did so well. Didn't they do that when oh, Mark Burley, I think it was, when he threw his perfect game? Didn't Hawk Harrelson do that for a little bit? It's hard to think of Hawk being quiet for about a minute. No, he's, he's a did. pretty he's a loudmouth, but mm-hmm. he uh, he managed to shut up for a few <laughs> seconds for a little bit. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, you know, more and more, I know a lot of people hate Joe Buck, yeah. but, like, he's gotten a lot better at it, especially when he does baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it, it's just nice to see people adopt Michael's style. Well, I tell you what, we've got plenty of hockey talk coming up throughout the show. On a side start. note, Mike Tirico. 
Yes. Good commentary. Oh, man. He did hockey the other night. He was really good. Yeah, for the first time. Yes. I mean, uh, hockey is arguably one of the most difficult sports to broadcast. Because mm. uh, unless you know it, it's hard to jump in there. I mean, I feel bad for some of the ESPN guys when it's time for the NCAA hockey tournament. Oh, boy. Because a lot of them don't do hockey. No. And they're like, hey do this for a weekend. And one year, it was like one of the guys, the play-by-play guy, does auto racing. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knows like a general idea of hockey, but he's trying to do the best he can, and some people are criticizing it on social media, and it's like, okay, cut him a break. You know, when you when you don't do hockey regularly, it's right. not easy to do it. Whereas Tariko, I mean, like he's got so many experience doing such a variety of sports that he can just slide in and... Uh, but he did a great job, and uh, is a nice signee for uh, NBC there. Hockey's my favorite to do. I love it. And it makes me a little bit sad that ESPN really only has three guys that can do college hockey once the NCAAs go around. They've got Clay Matvick and Sean Richland to do some of the first-round games, and then they're always going to leave the Frozen Four for Butchie and Melrose. Yeah, well, and they, the thing is, is that there's four regionals. Mm-hmm. So, like... You know, they've got, like, the main guys will do some of the regionals, but there's always that one regional where it's, like, kind of like the scrub commentators where they're, you know, bring them up from a wide variety of sports and just mm-hmm. be like, okay, do, like, three games this weekend, and uh, they're just trying to do their best they can and get through it. So there's always one regional that kind of gets the shaft there, and it's usually the one that doesn't have the marquee teams in mm-hmm. it. So the one that's on ESPNU, <laughs> all of its games, because there's always one. There's that. There's usually one that's on the straight-up ESPN network, and then the other games are, like, mixed in. There's some on you, there's some on ESPN2, some on news, and that's kind of a thing. But there's always one that's just strictly on ESPNU, and that's the one that nobody pays attention to. It's unfortunate if you're in there. I know. But it happens. (laughs) Ryan Steve from the Mining Journal once again in studio with us. Northern Michigan Athletics. Basketball, let's start there. Last night, a tough night for both teams at Grand Valley State. Tomorrow, it's going to be another toughie with Davenport. Yeah, it uh, that was a mess, basically, mm-hmm. on Thursday night. It was the enemy women's team is known for being very defensively sound, and they were. Yeah, 50 points on a very good Grand Valley team, but... Only scored 37 yeah. and only managed two in the first quarter. And when uh, your opponent opens on a 12-0 run mm-hmm. and you're, as a team, very offensively challenged, it makes it really difficult. And like I tweeted out last night, 37 points is not going to cut it in the GLIAC tournament. No. They only have what, a couple games left before then, and you got to get your offense going. I mean, I know they pride themselves on defense, which is you know a good thing to have, but... 37 is definitely not to cut it, gonna cut it, and you gotta pass 60. Yeah, you know, I mean, like Ashland's averaging more than 90 points a game. What are you gonna do if you face them? I mean, you, <laughs> if that's the case, you're gonna lose by what 30, 35 points mm-hmm. if you can't even hit 60. It's just it, it would be bad. But uh, and the men started off okay. It was kind of a back and forth affair, and then that one run. And the first half really did the minute. I think it was like a 14-0 run, and they fell behind by way too much. Eventually, I, it was they were down by 21, I think, in the first half. It hit 30 by the early part of the second half, and it was just... It went from a game that 
had the potential to be really good to a blowout, and it was a surprising one because NMU won their game against Grand Valley up here and just fell completely flat down in Allendale. It was weird. Well, we've got Davenport coming up tomorrow. What are we expecting from that one? Well, both teams beat Davenport, and both teams beat Grand Valley, and it was a mess for Northern against Grand Valley last night. So I imagine you're going to see probably Northern be a lot sharper after how they played Thursday, I think. Troy's going to try to tweak his offense a little bit, maybe shift his, you know, lineup a little round. When your leading scorer in that game Thursday had eight points, no. you need to change something up. And I think he will for Saturday. And the enemy men, it was just, I was just a bad game. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think that's going to really indicate anything. It's just sometimes you lay an egg, and that's what they did. And uh, they beat Davenport here. It was a pretty good game. And uh, I think they get it done. It just. They just got to put it behind them is what they got to do. Well, we uh, won't have time to get to hockey in this segment, so we're going to save it for another one. But we're not quite ready to take a break. So what do we want to fill for the next two minutes until the commercial break? Do we want to tackle, are you surprised that Pat McAfee is engaged before Rob Gronkowski or that either of them would ever do so? They just don't seem like the marrying type. Uh, speculate whether Phil Mickelson got calf implants because he looks just jacked just like unnaturally huh. jacked in his calves or is mike budenholzer actually sean spicer because he looks just like sean spicer uh why don't Which we do, do you want to tackle why don't we do the sean spicer one because okay. that's kind of funny so does he not look like sean spicer it does a little bit yeah does he have a, the temperament of mm, sean, uh, last sean night spicer? when the bucks nearly lost because of a very bad tip call with three seconds left he was pretty hot he was upset because the bucks were called for a shot clock violation i think it was a bad call even though i'm a celtics fan uh-huh. and kyrie irving nearly won the game a shot later so he was a little upset last night he had a little spicer in him okay um yeah getting uh, a little overly upset at mm-hmm. times you know having this Gur part of you, you know, I, I can see it. Not only the look, but uh, the personality as well. I can see that. Um, How tall do you think Budenholzer is? Because Sean Spicer's really short. I didn't know it, but it turns out fiery he's guy very for a short, short guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a good question. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, the looks are definitely there. I mean, so. he he looks short compared to Giannis, but he's eleven. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a difference there, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm not good at height measurements yeah. because, you know, I, I'm also, like, terrible at age guessing, too. Mm. So it's, it's like it's, I'm not the best person when it comes to measuring people because I'm always usually way off. So I don't think I could tell how old Mike Budenholzer is because he kind of looks like he's old, but I don't know. Also, his hair, his hair a, makes it look a little younger. Yeah, you know, and there's there's anti-aging stuff right. out there, you know. Right. Maybe some cream he puts on his face, you know, a little uh, <laughs> a little makeover or something like that. I mean, you know, maybe that's what he does. Well, we filled the segment. There's we a segment with didn't a... figure out if he is actually Sean Spicer or not, because since he's left the White House, Budenholzer got a new job, and I don't know if that means anything, but... Maybe he's a clone. Could be. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. Sean Spicer is a clone of Mike Budenholzer. <laughs> there we go. Uh, Northern Michigan hockey, and then a little pro hockey talk when we come back. This is the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.
Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg with you. Thanks for being with us on ESPN-UP, The Sports Pen, and we're glad to have you along. Northern Michigan hockey is home for games three and four of the Capo Cup this weekend, welcoming UP rival Lake Superior State. Team that they split with earlier in the year, Ryan, what do we expect from this weekend? Uh, I, I would say a spirited <laughs> MU team because they need these wins. Yeah. I mean, they the, when the first time they played Lake State this year, it was a split. Um, they looked bad <laughs> that first game. And then they bounced back and uh, looked fairly good. It was kind of a gutting out a win. There were some guys who sat that game. And uh, the guys who were left over really fought their way against a good team to get the split. And uh, it kind of got them a little energy going in. They ended up sweeping Ferris and went to the Christmas break kind of hot. And then this time around, <sighs> Bemidji was a real missed opportunity, just yeah. like Huntsville was. It uh, They should have swept Huntsville and didn't. They could have, I mean, at, at the very least, split with Bemidji. They right. should have won that game Friday and blew it in overtime. I don't know what it is, but when Northern gets into overtime, mm-hmm. it's like they cramp up or something and they make mistakes and really uncharacteristic ones. And then Saturday, it's like that <laughs> That first goal was terrible. They... <laughs> They turned it over, and the guy just had a clear path down the boards. You're kind of like, where was everybody else? Mm-hmm. And uh, they ended up scoring on it and uh, just kept building and building on there. And uh, Grant said it was disappointing. Um, you know, he gave Bemidji a lot of credit because Bemidji's playing really well right now, how they've climbed the standings and, uh, you know, kind of put together a good surge. But Northern should have won, swept Huntsville. They should have at least got a split with Bemidji, and they didn't. And now a lot is riding on this series. They're chasing Lake State right now. If they, if Northern gets swept, it almost ensures that they're not going to get home ice because then you're depending on Bowling Green to sweep Bemidji. Because <laughs> right now you're t- the enemy is tied with Bemidji. If Northern gets swept, they tumble down, and then they're like, then everything's on the line for the Tech Series. And there's already a lot of pressure on the Tech Series because it's a rivalry and there's some heated stuff in there and Northern wants revenge on what happened in the championship last year. But you don't want the postseason idea to be basically all placed on the last weekend. And uh, it's... They should have wrapped up Hill Mice at this point, and they haven't. And... uh, it's it's really disappointing. I think if they don't get home ice in the first round, it it says a lot that this is not the season they were supposed to have. Second through fifth in the conference are separated by three points. The problem is Northern has slipped all the way down to number five, but still only three points out of second. So they've got it's, a yeah, there's, to do something they could, they could finish as high as second. They could, but, but they, they really got to win. Gotta they they got to win. They mm-hmm. can't. They can't get swept this weekend. They definitely can't get swept against Michigan Tech. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've got to get something going. I don't know what has been the deal with their offense all this year, but offense was supposed to be their strength. They had so many guys coming back that could score, and it's just not there. And, you know, Grant said on Tuesday and to my preview that came out yesterday, there's 
that's been the theme of their season is they can't score. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect that this year, but for some reason it has. I don't know if now the goals, as he said, are very nice goals. Mm-hmm. They're efficient. They're, you know, kind of ones you want to remember. They're highlight reel ones. But they're not getting the garbage goals they need. They're not scoring off rebounds. They're not, you know, getting any deflections into the net. They're just it's almost like they're trying to get the perfect shot instead of just putting the puck on net and try to, you know, get something that way. And it's hurting them. And they gotta I mean Tolvanen's good, and Northern's defense is good, but Lake State's offense is good this year. Mm-hmm. Your defense can't carry you. you got to be able to score. And in the past, Northern's been able to really pound Lake State, <laughs> and it's not there this year. And no. it's it's really confusing, and I've been trying to figure it out, and a lot of fans have been trying to And it's just it's weird, and uh, they've got to find a way to get it going. Give me some key players to watch for Lake State this evening. Who's going to be somebody that Grant has been preparing for all week? It's been on the forefront of his mind that he's going to try and neutralize this evening. I would say their top line. Um, you know, you got Diego Cuglietta, which is one of my favorite names mm-hmm. in college hockey. Um, and then you got Max Humitz. You have Anthony Nellis. You got, you got three guys who can score there. I would say those are the three they're going to really focus in on. And Humitz is uh, forward of the week for the WCHA, so he's hot right now. And when you have three potent guys who can put goals into the net, you you might be in trouble because then you're not just one star. you got to focus on three. And Nick Kossoff and Nets having a really surprising year. He you know he's been he was the heir apparent to Gordy Dyfe, who Gordy Dyfe was in. I can't remember if he's in, I think he's in the ECHL right now, but, you know, he was so good for them, you know, for his career with the Lakers. And then Nick Kossoff was the heir apparent, did not have a great year last year. But this year is just, he's playing up to the level that maybe people have expected of him, or maybe even surpassed that. He's shutting down teams. He's, you know, making saves that normally he wouldn't have made in the past. And side note, he's... He's a left goaltender. Mm. He his glove is on his right hand. You don't see that so, a lot. You don't see a lot in goaltending. But so, if you're going to the game tonight, there's your little thing that you, that you might notice is he's making glove saves with the wrong hand. But that's just he's an unusual goaltender. He's playing hot, and uh, you know, last year when I saw him play, I was you know, you go in thinking, oh, Northern's just going to roll past him. Mm-hmm. But this year, it's. Everybody's playing well. Yeah. They're ranked. Um, they're probably arguably the hottest team in college hockey, and Northern's in for a big battle. And it's not just a lot riding on it. It's going to be a tough series, too. Tell me about the Capo Cup series. Tell me ab- <laughs> about what's on the line from a rivalry standpoint. I, I honestly, until I got up here, didn't even know that thing existed. I didn't either. <laughs> so it, it's a sh- you know, it goes back and forth each year. Um, it's really heat. I guess heated more than I thought it was. Uh, both teams fight for it hard, and uh, we'll see who gets it. Right now, they're split. It's even, and uh, depending how this weekend goes, who's going to get it? Um, Grant really hyped that up more than the playoff possibilities. Mm. In the it was it's a little odd, but uh, he was just like you know, it's a rivalry weekend. I think that's what the guys are going to be focusing on, and I'm like. So there's probably some truth to that, but I think there's probably going to be some scoreboard watching, <laughs> especially after Saturday night, because 
the you know they're going to wonder how the Bemidji Bowling Green is. There's oh. another. That's the other big series going on. Is you have Bemidji with Northern trying to create space between them and the Wildcats, and Bowling Green trying to lock in second place that they still haven't been able to get done yet. Mm-hmm. And so there's could be a lot on the line there. Minnesota State's all but wrapped up the cup, so there's yeah. nothing really to pay attention to there. But there's. You know, Tech is still on the outside looking in mm-hmm. at Seven home ice. Yeah, Northern. there's there's potential there. If Tech can get it in the gear, they they could get home ice too. So, it's it's really interesting. Uh, if you're going to the games this weekend, you're gonna have a lot to think about because it's not just you know two UP teams going at it. It's two rivals going at it. There's home ice on the line. There's playoff bursts and other places going it's it's a it's gonna be a fun series well lake state still with a chance maybe for an at-large bid in the latest yeah on on the outside yeah latest bracketology has bowling green dropping out as an at-large bid they were in for the first two editions of it they've since dropped out after a tough weekend so right now the wcha has as many at-larges as anybody as the big 10 they have both only have one team going, and that's the automatic qualifier. Big Ten had their shot with two uh, schools this weekend that uh, are two of the top three out in Penn State and Notre Dame, and they both should have swept last weekend, and they didn't. So we could realistically see the WCAJ land more than the Big Ten. How weird would that be? Very. So much hype around the Big Ten this year with Michigan and a little bit of Notre Dame, and Minnesota was supposed to be better, and Penn Mm -hmm. State was supposed to be good, but... They're all underachieving. The WCHA, people thought maybe this year they get two or three in. And <laughs> right now, it looks like it's going to be one, you know, mm-hmm. unless, you know, things change. So Someone wins the tournament. Someone wins the tournament. Mankato. Yeah, that's not Mankato. So, uh, which right now is looking like it's very much a slim chance because Mankato's just. I, I really think that they can win the national title. Yeah, there are three teams I feel really confident winning the national title right now. All of them are from Minnesota, and none of them are the Gophers. Yeah, interesting. Gophers they, won't even make the tournament. Yeah, um, you know, I'm guessing Mankato, St. Cloud, and Duluth. Yes. And you could throw in a couple hockey use teams. UMass is having a spectacular year. And uh, maybe Ohio State. Maybe. I don't know there. about them yet. Uh, but I tell you what, Matt Murray, the goaltender out there in UMass, I had the chance to cover him when he played for Fargo in the USHL. And I love his name, for one thing, because... He played, you know, yeah, the Penguin Because thing. Matt Murray, they're both goaltenders and both pretty good at what they do. And what is he right now, the top goalie since... Ben Bishop, was he the last one that went to UMass and was relevant? He was Maine. Did he go to Maine? Who am I thinking of then? Jonathan Quick. That's it, Jonathan <laughs> Quick. Yeah, so he's... UMass is like only claim to fame <laughs> when, it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to hockey players. But yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, He's playing really well. Uh, UMass is the big surprise. I thought they would be better this mm-hmm. year. I could maybe like a thought maybe in the tournament they could get like a four seed or a three seed, but they're ending up they're going to lock in probably a one seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, probably up there in the in the four or five teams that could do it. Um, obviously, the powerhouses are in the NCHC, and Mankato is. I, this could be their year because I've always mm-hmm. doubted Mankato. Um, because it looks like they could do stuff, and they always underachieve in the NCAA tournament. Whenever they get out there, they get 
they lose in the first round. They Mankato has never won a tournament game. Mm-hmm. Surprised you a little bit? Oh, yeah. But they haven't. They've been consistently good the last few years, but then they get in and they don't do anything. Mm -hmm. One year they got upset by RIT in the first round. As a top seed, the four seed at RIT took them down in really easy fashion. Mm -hmm. That was was the weird thing. So um, normally I kind of shake my head when people say, oh, Mankato's going to Frozen Four. But after watching them in person and seeing them all year on Flow Sports, they're a legit contender. They they're, they're legit this year. Last thing before we go to break, who's the bigger surprise? UMass, or what, what would surprise you less? UMass getting a one seed or Arizona State getting a two? Because right now Arizona State is number eight in the pairwise. I, I, would, be, I, would, I would be surprised less by UMass because they're playing so well mm-hmm. and are uh, deserving a one seed, just like I would say Duluth, St. Cloud, and Mankato. Um, but uh, Arizona State, I don't know. It's like because they're an independent, you really don't know where their seed's going to fall. Right. Because if a team makes a run now or makes a run in the in, in the conference tournaments, they're going to pass them in the pairwise, and they're just you don't know what the independents because people are going to be like, okay, they didn't win their tournament. They didn't win their conference. Mm-hmm. Do they deserve a two seed? Are they going to get a three seed? I, where does that sounds? I see them actually getting a three seed, I a two too. seed. Um, so I, I think they're going to get in and I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do. But, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think the independent thing is going to be in a lot of people's minds and be like, not a two seed. They'll give them a three seed though. Ryan Stieg for the Mining Journals in studio with us. We owe you our next time out when we come back. One of the franchises that's always known for doing the right thing is the victim of breaking news today out of Florida. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Welcome back to the Sports Pen. Danner Hoops, Ryan Stieg in the studio with you. Here is your Sports Center update. The Columbus Blue Jackets have acquired Matt Duchesne from Ottawa via trade. South Dakota State basketball player Mike Dom passed Danny Manning and Oscar Robertson on the all-time D1 scoring list last night. He needs just 19 more points to become the 10th NCAA player ever to score 3,000 career points. He can do so tomorrow night. And finally, the Minnesota Twins have announced that they are implementing a new pitch framing program for their catchers during spring training. The program will be led by catching coordinator Tanner Swanson, who used the same revolutionary technique while an assistant coach at both the University of Washington and Santa Clara. It's been a big day for the Twins. Now they're teaching catchers how to frame pitches. They picked up Marwin Gonzalez earlier today on a two-year deal. Yeah, I mean, Alvin Levine making moves. Yeah, the framing pitches—they're—they're they're really going all <laughs> out, man. Technical stuff. And they've already got one of the better defensive catchers in baseball. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I—I I don't know. I've so—I've such low expectations for the Twins this year. <laughs> I just, you know, just when I—I I believe, and maybe they're going to get something done. You remember that one-game playoff? You know, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. A, a couple of years ago, it's like maybe, maybe they're gonna do it, and then they fall flat last year. And they're, uh, I, I do want to eventually go down to spring training. Though. They're spending some money, and they're getting some big name agents. Though five of them signed in this off season for a total of forty eight point one million dollars. Marwin Gonzalez today, Nelson Cruz, Jonathan Scope, Martin Perez, and Blake Parker. Hmm. Plus, they signed minor league deals for Lucas Duda. Adam Rosales, Ronald Torres, 
So they're making moves, spending money. That's always that, good. I don't know if it. Turns I, I don't know if it's going to pay off, <laughs> but uh, spending money is always better. And you know, not twins are doing something at least. Yeah, I mean, it's better meth than what the tigers are doing. Mm, yeah, I could. Agree what with I mean, that. I agree with the. You know, they need to sell and they need to rebuild. Right. You know, that's what they need to do. But it's like. They're going to be bad for a while. If there's bad news regarding the Twins, Kyle Gibson, I could have gone with this for my, and finally in the Sports Center update, Kyle Gibson has been shut down for the next week because he's recovering from E. coli. Huh. So, Food poisoning? Interesting. Yeah. I wonder what he ate. I don't know where he spends his off-season. There, you always wonder about that if you need to avoid certain, <laughs> certain products or, you know, certain restaurants, so... I tell you what, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England <laughs> We Patriots, eventually get to this. We got to it. We had important nonsense to get through early on, and then we had Northern Michigan Athletics. We had the important stuff to break down. But now we get to the fact that Robert Kraft... The, the, basically the big news of the day. He has been charged with soliciting a prostitute at an Asian day spa in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, the Jupiter police say that they have video. Kraft has a residence in nearby Palm Beach. Human trafficking has been linked to this thing, which, all jokes aside about the Patriots, is a serious matter that's running too far prevalent in this country. And police are saying that he's not the biggest name involved in this. Now now the question is, who is the biggest yes. name? And there's a lot of things in that. Is it like, an, like a prominent athlete? I think it's a politician. Or a politician, somebody in Congress, somebody maybe in the administration right now. It's going to be someone big. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe not like monstrously big, <laughs> you, know, like a, you know, like a world-known athlete, like a Michael Jordan kind right. of thing, but like a famous, like the, a recognizable name, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, but yeah, apparently from what I heard, two counts, um, video evidence, total of 25 people are charged. Wow. Um, and the pricing, which I've found, for 30 minutes was $59, and for an hour it was $79. So, there you go. Well, I, I'm not into that, so I don't know <laughs> if that's a good deal or not. Yeah, yeah. that's just what I found. That that's, sounds fairly not expensive. No, no, no I mean... Uh, uh, you know, maybe Bob need to loosen the purse strings a little bit. I mean, I don't know. How many years ago was it that his wife died? Was that five? Uh, maybe a little more than was that? Was it like, I think when they made like the Super Bowl or something like that? Like maybe 20, maybe against the Giants or something like that? Is 2012 it, maybe? Yeah, maybe that far that back. I don't, I don't know. but uh, Or was it uh, when they beat Seattle? It was somewhere around that time mm-hmm. in those span of years. But, uh, you know, there's mixed feelings. On Twitter, some yeah. people says it's really not that big of a deal because he's old and he's not married. Mm. It's still a crime, though. It is a crime. <laughs> and he's going to be arrested for it because they issued a warrant for uh-huh. it. So, um, and then I, I think the bigger deal is the human trafficking yes. thing, that there's so much tied to that. Um, it's such a her- serious problem and in this country, and it's gonna and it's been growing, and it needs to be closely looked at. And I think. As somewhat funny this is, because it's Bob Kraft, yep. it's really serious at the same time. Very. And uh, so you can make light of the whole Bob Kraft thing, like we have been, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, keep in mind that this is a massage parlor, is yep. what they're marketing it as, that did some seriously bad things. Mm-hmm. That's unfortunate that this is happening and what yeah. have you, but. Um, what? I'm- what? 
question for me now is what happens to Bob with the oh NFL? Boy. Yeah. We're really going to find out how Roger Goodell feels about him. Well, because, you know, they used to be friends. They used to be. Yeah, and then the whole Brady deflatement, Deflategate thing happened, and uh, now they're not friends. He's friends with Trump. He could get a pardon. <laughs> well, that'd be interesting. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be actually pretty funny. But I think he'll... Just imagine, <laughs> not to dwell on that for a second, but just imagine if that were to happen. But uh-huh. I think, I think if the NFL, you know, they came down hard on Jim Irsay. Yeah. Remember that incident? Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with prostitutes, but no. like you know, his driving was driving under the influence, and he was on some sort of pill or something like that. Mm-hmm. So and. The NFL came hard on him. You wouldn't expect that against a bunch of billionaires who own a franchise, right? But. They take it seriously just for the peop- the owners as well. So I don't know how, if they're going to do something. I think they'll do something. Right. And part of that is probably because it's the Patriots, mm-hmm. you know, and people are going to expect something at this point because mm-hmm. there's always been that stigma that I've written about that's going to be on the Patriots, and they're going to want something. So I think the NFL will do something to Bob Kraft. I just don't know if it's going to be a heavy fine or what. That's what I'm guessing it's going to be, but who knows. We should have seen this coming, to be honest with you. A few weeks ago at Super Bowl week when he was on video dancing with Cardi B. We probably should have seen this coming. (laughs) Dancing badly with Cardi B? (laughs) I mean, Bob is an interesting owner. Yeah, he I, is. He, uh, you know, he's a guy who, was it like, was Bon Jovi singing like Living on a Prayer or something like that? And he was trying to sing along with it, and it was so bad mm-hmm. uh, that looked on it. Because he was, <laughs> he was either not knowing the song or like way far behind in the song. Like they've moved on to verse two, and he's still in the refrain. <laughs> <laughs> so it, uh, he's done some wacky stuff, and uh, I am... Wondering where it's going to go from here. He's going to be arrested because mm-hmm. there is a warrant out there, and when they had a warrant, you're going to be arrested for it. The question is, is what's going to happen to him? Not only in the courts, but what the league's going to do to him. Because yeah. it's a bad image for the league, and the well, league are, the league already has a lot of bad things going on, mm-hmm. and they're they overlook a lot of stuff. But uh, I think the fact it's the Patriots, the fact it's Bob Kraft, and the fact that they can't look like they're going to let billionaires get away with stuff too they're going to do something it's just what i promised that we would talk about professional hockey because there's been a lot going on there but i want to make sure we have time for the friday funny so let's take our commercial break now we'll come back we'll have some nhl talk and we'll break down the friday funnies next in the sports pen on espn up Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app. Tanner Hoops, Ryan Stieg in the studio with you on Friday afternoon. Don't forget, if you missed our coaches show today at 3, you can hear it again at 5 when we sign off. Ryan and I were having a good conversation during the break. He noticed the Pop-Tarts I brought from home for breakfast, and I still haven't ate yet today. And I had no idea there was an unfrosted Pop-Tart yes, you could buy. Yeah, you can buy unfrosted Pop-Tarts. Isn't that just and, a grand cracker? Yeah, it's, they're terrible. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you're going to buy Pop-Tarts, why would you go for the blah unfrosted version when you can have a frosted thing? Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're eating cake, do you just eat straight cake, or do you actually <laughs> enjoy the frosting that's on the top of it? I mean, it doesn't make any sense to get unfrosted Pop-Tarts. And... Uh, there's few hills that I'll die on, and one is that frosted Pop-Tart should be the only Pop-Tart. It's just me. 
Well, we've got some hockey talk to get to, and then the Friday funnies before we send you off into the weekend. Uh, the St. Louis Blues have been one of the hottest teams in hockey. Remember, and a remember, puppy. Yes, remember <laughs> we had you on the show a few months ago, and you were talking about how dysfunctional they were, how they were fighting. They brought a puppy in, to, you know, like a therapy dog, to try and help them through it. And as much as we want to give credit to the puppy for their recent 11-game winning streak, which was snapped last night, I think you've got to give more credit to Jordan Bennington because he's this goalie that had been to the league for a few years no one had ever heard of, and suddenly he's the phenom that takes over where Carter Hutton left off mm-hmm. when he departed, and then he makes up for Jake Allen's inconsistencies. Interesting how that worked out. I yes. mean, sometimes players just come alive at the right time, mm-hmm. and that's what the, bull, the, what the that's what the Blues have done. And uh, it's nice to see them get hot. I like it when uh, teams that haven't won cups before start to you know maybe get that extra push to be the year that they finally do it. And uh, I've been to a couple Blues games. It's a fun atmosphere. A lot of fans really and you know there's a huge following in St. Louis. You wouldn't mm-hmm. think so, but yeah, there's a lot of Blues fans and. Uh, Maybe the puppy played a little role. We'd like to give credit to the puppy. We hope so. On January 3rd, they had the worst record in the NHL at 15-18-4. Their last 23 games, they're 17-5-1. Over the course of their 11-game winning streak, which again was snapped last night by Dallas 5-2, they had outscored opponents 43-16. And until last night, they hadn't trailed in a game since February 5th, which was 493 minutes and 42 seconds of total ice time. So they've been on a stretcher as of late. That, that's pretty awesome. As have the Chicago Blackhawks, who are suddenly just on the cusp of playoff position. They were there actually a couple of days ago and since have been passed. And they're fighting for position in the Central while the Wild are doing their darndest to try and give away a playoff spot. They're making a few moves, though. They're, they got rid of Charlie Coyle, I know, was tough for the fan base. Losing Nino Niederreiter was really tough on the fan base. It's I don't know what the Wild are doing. Uh, I don't think they some do people either. some people are packing it in on the season, and uh, you know Ryan Donato's a good prospect mm-hmm. out of Harvard, and Fenton really wanted him. Yeah, and uh, I can understand it, but Charlie Coyle was actually liked. Yeah. <laughs> so, and when you play, when fans lose the players that they like, uh, they tend to have this negative feeling about the franchise, and uh, they sh- Minnesota should be the team that finally gets its act together. It should be. Yeah, I mean, these first-round and second-round exits like actually get beyond that point, but they, some reason, can't do that. It's the old Minnesota jinx. Um, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> they should be making the playoffs this year, and right now it looks like they're not. So They've got Detroit this evening, and Alex Stalock right now is the expected goaltender. Does that tell you anything? Straight out of Duluth. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a little sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, when, I mean, Steelak was supposed to be, wasn't they their backup yeah. this year? Yeah. And they just signed him to an extension. Yeah, so congratulations, your backup is now your <laughs> starter. So. Over your all-star. Exactly. Devin Dubnik. Yeah. Who so. can be really, really good when he's on, and, but and he can be he, so inconsistent. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very much a extreme goalie. He's very, very good when he's at his best, and when he's off, he's really bad. Like, goals that should not mm-hmm. be let in or let in. So. So Staylock's the more consistent option. The Wings will likely see him tonight. They're involved in a trade as they send Nick Jensen to the Capitals, who load up on Jensen, and Carl Hagelin. The Capitals are going in to try and get a speedster who they hope has something left in the tank, and then whatever they can get out of Jensen, see if they can bring him to yeah. the table. Caps are 
doing what they can to make another run. Yeah, they want, to, they want to get that repeat, and I think they're... I don't know. It's like I didn't think the Capitals were going to do it last year. Mm. I thought their window had maybe closed, but they ended up proving me wrong and a lot of other people wrong. So who knows? Maybe these little moves will help them get that little extra oomph as they try to enter the postseason. So Last thing I want to do before the Friday funnies, we were talking about the Wild. I know you're from Minnesota and a Minnesota guy. So out of your favorite teams, it's the Vikings, Twins, Wild, and Wolves, yes? Or any of those I'm not correct. I, I that's pretty accurate. I okay. would say um, I, I I like them all a lot. I, the Wolves being bad for that long stretch really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to love the Timberwolves. They mm-hmm. were actually used to be my team <laughs> as a kid, but uh, they just because the Twins are bad and the Vikings were mediocre. So mm-hmm. it's like the Wolves are my team, and then they've really gotten pushed to the back burner. So yeah. That's how I'm aligned, I think. I found that you can learn so much about somebody by asking them this question. If you can only have one of your favorite teams win a championship for the rest of your life, which one is it? The one, the Minnesota ones? Mm-hmm. Out of your favorite teams, <laughs> and if that happens to be the four Minnesota ones. I would say... You learn a lot about somebody. I would say probably the Vikings Super Bowl. Yeah? Simply because... Um, the Twins have won the World Series in mm-hmm. my existence. I mean, I'd love to get them another one, but, you know, they've won the, They won it when I was little, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, but just the Super Bowl means so much. They went there four times and didn't do it, and uh, it would mean a lot to the area, to Minnesota, because North Dakota is Vikings fans, right. South Dakota is Vikings fans, and... They don't want to admit it, but there's some people in Wisconsin that are on the border yeah. who are Vikings fans. So I would go with that. I'd love to see the Wild win a Stanley Cup, too, but uh, probably the Super Bowl. All right. What, did that, what does that say? You can judge a lot about someone. I well, think you can learn a lot about well, somebody about by someone. that. Okay. I learned about you and how much that you want something positive to happen, sports, uh, sports-related for your city, because even though you're out of Minneapolis, your heart's still there in Minnesota, sports-wise. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you can never forget where you're coming from. Right. I mean, like, if you were you know, from the UP and you were a Lions fan and you moved to... I don't know, Arizona or something like mm. that. You probably still have the Lions as your team. Right. You know, and who adopts the Cardinals? Mm. On a side note, as a football Arizona team. Arizona hotshots. Yeah. I mean, come on. You know, you got to stick with the team you have, and I think that's the case for me, too. Last five minutes of the show, what do you have to make us laugh for this week? Well, we were on the subject of hockey. There was a brawl between the Penguins and the Sharks recently. Mm-hmm. Evander Kane of the Sharks tried, Not a to, fan. tried to take a peek at the Penguins whiteboard that they were designing and uh, for some plays, and uh, Penguins did not take kindly for that. Huge Donnybrook, six players were tossed, including Penn's head coach, Mike Sullivan, who uh, were swearing constantly at the refs, and they didn't take kindly of that. Love Mike Sullivan. Yeah. As a Penguins fan, so happy he's the head coach. Could you imagine if the Penguins hadn't traded away Ryan Reeves and Jamie Alexiak and they had that fight? Well, that'd be interesting. That'd have been fun. Um, looking at baseball, Indians pitcher Mike Clevenger. Um, <laughs> so they were talking, I think it was a beat writer, was con- talking to them about who's the most athletic of the pitching staff. And uh, uh, one of their players said, Clevenger doesn't look very athletic at the plate. And uh, he, Clevenger went on some weird statement where he said, it, it's like a vegan saying they can't drink milk. Do other animals drink other animals' milk? No, 
because they don't have the thumbs to milk the nipples. Wow. Yeah, that was way out there. And then said, if they did, you know what a dog would be doing every day. So there's Mike Clevenger's thoughts. Well, we learned a lot about Mike Clevenger, too. He was already a weird guy, but now you got that... uh, thought in your head. Thank you, you for putting that thought in my head five that, minutes before the end of the work there, day. There, there you go. Now you can go on to that. Um, you heard about the Georgia-Mississippi State thing. Oh, yes. Yeah, throwing the, the, yeah, throw the dog ago. on that one. Yeah, that would make me laugh. But uh, And Tom Crean losing his mind <laughs> over it. Took the mic and addressed the crowd. Um, Jerry Kill, former Gophers coach, yeah. ranted about P.J. Fleck uh, you know, and said P.J. Fleck is about himself not about his players, which is something I've believed ever since he got to the Gophers, that he's more about marketing his own philosophy mm-hmm. than actually coaching football. Now, people are saying, yeah, he beat Wisconsin, but really, you know, it's like and he got an extension and he was under 500 mm-hmm. the, after his first year, and now he's above 500, and I don't know if he got another one based on that, but Minnesota's, I don't know. I'm not a fan of P.J. Fleck. The row of the boat thing needs to go away. The oar on the top of the Gophers' helmets needs to go away. Jerry Kill is a big Tracy Clay's guy. Yeah, and I understand. I mean, sometimes Kill comes off a little bitter here, but Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not a fan of Fleck, so I'm going to back Jerry Kill on that one. Patrick Warburton. You know Uh, who he is? Yes. He is a famous actor, known for his voice acting. He does Joe Swanson on Family Guy. He was Kronk. He he was Kronk on Emperor's New Groove. He... um, you know, he was in the movie Ted. He's the he's yes. the rent a car dealership guy. In Seinfeld, I was not a big Seinfeld fan, but I know this episode. He's a New Jersey Devils fan on the show. But he's from New Jersey in real life. Yeah, he paints his face like the Devils, and there's a whole episode devoted to him and his fandom, from what I've heard. And he went back to the Devils home arena the other day, took off his shirt, painted the big D on his chest, and face paint. And then came back to the bench and biffed it as he was trying to leave. <laughs> so not only did he go all out with his looks, he gave comic relief by falling on the ice as he was leaving. So that's one of my favorite ones of the week. Um, there's a guy in Dallas who decided he lost a bet and had uh, he was last in his fantasy football league, had the choice of paying 250 bucks or doing a stunt with dogs. He lathered himself with peanut butter. And went to a dog park in Dallas, and had and the dogs licked the peanut butter. Oh off my him. gosh! And that's the that's the one he chose. Rather than pay two hundred and fifty bucks, he decided to go the cheap route, and had dogs lick peanut butter. How off much him. do you think he spent in peanut butter? Probably more than <laughs> to lather your entire body. That's got to be more than two hundred and fifty bucks. Um, Wheaton College lacrosse player has to sit out the season because his head's too big to fit a helmet. What? His head's too big. They, um, Deadspin did a profile on it. They said it, the standard size lacrosse helmet does not fit his head. So because they can't find the equipment, he has to sit out until they find that it. sounds like a discrimination lawsuit. <laughs> I was discriminated because of the size of my head. Yeah. I identify as someone with a smaller head. You could you could very much do that. Yeah. yeah. This day and age, yes. All right. Uh, got time for one more? One more. Okay, one more. There's a Italian soccer club that is broke, and they were trying to avoid getting expelled from their league because they already forfeited three times. So that day they had seven teenagers on their team, not 11, seven, mm. t- 
tried to field the game. One of their 19-year-olds had to be the player manager of that game. They had a guy who was an extra person who forgot his ID and mm. had to go back and get it. So their kit man had to play, got injured, and had to be removed like in the 60th minute for their guy who got his ID at that point and got to play then. They were down 16-0 at the half. They lost 20 to nothing, and looks like, and they hadn't played their employees since August. Wow. So a complete mess of an Italian soccer franchise lost 20 to nothing with seven teenagers playing soccer, including a kit man and a guy who forgot his ID <laughs> to be able to play at the start of the game. Who owns this team? <laughs> I, I was, I'd love to know, but that, you know, I love the Patrick Warburton one, but mm. if you want a real wacky one to go on it. There's the Italian soccer league. I just can't believe they can't find a helmet for this kid. And then there's that He's one, got too. He's such a big head. He did. Yeah. I so don't, I don't know. Th- there's some great funnies to go into the weekend on. I hope it made people laugh. That's it for us here in the Sports Pen. Coach's show is next. Get to know a few of the Marquette County teams and hear what's going on with their teams. Next here on ESPN, UPWZAM, Ishpeming Marquette. <laughs>